defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Supercoach Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is 2019 champion Des Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well, Timmy. Um, not so much Supercoach-wise, but, you know, loving spending my Sunday afternoons out on the golf course instead of sort of uh, cooped up and intently watching the TV like I was most of last season. But... Yeah, enjoying it nonetheless. How good is it to actually enjoy rugby league without the strains of, you know, that top 100 chase of Supercoach? I mean, you were the you're number yeah. one for a lot of last season. Gee, it must be good. Yeah, it's so much less stress. I can't imagine what those guys at the top would be feeling right now. There's just scores going ballistic. Um, anyone could catch anyone. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of stress at the top, and I'm glad. I'm sort of glad that I'm not there this year. I bet, mate. The silver linings of it all. Also joining us is 2019 NRL Supercoach runner-up, Walsh and Carlos, the Queenslander. Walsh, how are you up there, mate? Yeah, good, Timmy. Good, Des. Yeah, I, saw, I didn't have too bad around. I think I um, once the updates come through, it was just under 1,300, 1,280-odd. So um, still in the 20,000. So uh, like I said, I'm focusing on my, my um, cash leagues now and um, keeping a close eye on the top of the rankings Um Henry, a.k.a. Big Dave, has got a pretty good lead up there. I think he's ahead by about 100 and 190 points. He's killing it. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's it's uh, exciting time for him with halfway through the, the season, but uh, he's got 10 rounds to go and plenty of people coming for him. It is, mate. Um, for my sake, I hope he chokes. The mighty Kermit Stallion, <laughs> Currently sitting in 51st place overall. I uh, got a 13.83 last weekend, so another decent sort of week there. Had a really big Sunday with SJ going pretty big as a, a semi-pod. Um, lads, Nathan Cleary's junk time try, he was my skipper. I agonised over whether to go him or Teddy. Last minute, ended up going with uh, Nathan Cleary. And then he was doing okay. He was about 70 or 80-odd. And then that 70-point player's skipper um, on the last play of round 11 was just magic. Desi, he's the king of the junk time points, isn't he? He is, he is. And that's why he's a must-have for mine. I don't have him, but (laughs) (laughs) he's definitely a must-have. Cleary, and so is Monster. They're both just so slippery. They they love their last-minute points, and they're they're so crucial for a super coach. That's it, mate. Lads, let's jump straight into it. Um, Something that caught my eye, caught my ear, should I say, over the weekend was um, whilst you made a comment off-air that uh, we were talking about your ideal bench make makeups. Um, you know, if, whether you want halves in there, hookers, fullbacks, second rolls, like the stability of the second rolls and hookers, um, the ceilings of the halves and the fullbacks. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong answer. But you said you were leaning towards thinking that if you're going to win Super Coach, you had to have four halves in your team, um, probably to chase that ceiling, I suppose. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think that way. I mean, the way that they're performing and the attacking footy that's going on, I think um, you probably need to have four of um, five or six halves that are out there. So, you know, you're looking at uh, obviously SJ, um, Nathan Cleary and Munster. Um, they're probably three of them. And then your fourth one would be 
you know, or well, the way he's going, probably a Dylan Brown or, you know, maybe a DCE on a tear or, you know, Mitchell Pierce is a speculative one. But I think that they've got that ceiling and um, it's it's sort of just uh, it's made its way through like that. I guess Ben Hunt's another one as well if he keeps up 80 minutes at hooker and he's a halfback in Supercoach. So, yeah, it's interesting. So you're thinking two halves, a fullback and a hooker. I mean, I mean, I think, so many I think, yeah. Well, I think it would. I mean, like the, that that that's the high scoring positions. It's not really um, traditional super coach, but I think if if you're locking in, the only reason why you go apart from that, if you feel like um, you could get a back rower or a front rower, that's gonna. Um, score as consistently as that and possibly have the ceiling. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's more – there seems to be – it seems to be a weird year as in um, there's more guaranteed attacking points on offer um, for the halves and, you know, and obviously there's a good batch of hookers and and um, I think Pong is back now, so I think it's safe to, to get Ponga back into your side or if you kept him – well done, you know you, you've ridden it out. So I think he'll 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 make a strong run home as well. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, there's a fair bit to break down there because obviously we're talking about if you if you're up there in the rankings, you know the top five hundred or top one thousand, where you're you're in the hunt for the win, um, you're chasing these massive ceilings of players. And we keep saying, but it's such a different year to past seasons. And the fact that there is these new rules and um, the six again set, which is just not allowing teams opposing teams to stop any momentum throughout the ruck. We're getting these blowout score lines. We're getting teams win by big margins and the best teams win by big margins pretty frequently, um, which, yeah, as you said, your fullbacks, your halfbacks, they're just going massive like we've never seen before. Yeah, um, well, I mean, yeah, even you look at this weekend and there's some real juicy matchups there. But uh, I think the, other, the flip side of it also is like players like McInnes, um, Tohu Harris, uh, just circumstantial things. Like it's um, not probably – not really to do with the season, but um, the fact that McInnes was playing 80 minutes and now he's he's not a lock to play 80 minutes, but if he is going to play 80 minutes, it's in the lock role and he doesn't seem to be punching out those 80s and um, higher scores that he did um, when they re- returned from COVID. Um, also, like Tohu Harris, it looks like um, Jazz Tavunga is who we'll probably talk about a bit later, Um He's back into the starting lock role this week, so that's going to definitely put a dent in Toe Harris scores. So you just don't have the volume of high-scoring back rowers that you have in previous years. Yeah, we've definitely hit the point where you'd play like SJ over someone like Jaira, like which is just a total change in dynamics compared to last year. I mean, that's not to say that there weren't rounds last year where I didn't play all four of my halves because I did. But it was more towards the end of the season, you know, like when I wanted to mitigate risk of those guys going like 150 plus, which would have allowed people behind me to catch up. But this is like halfway through the season and the guy coming first right now, he's playing all four halves. He's got the SJ, Munster, Cleary, and he's got, yeah, Dylan Brown there making up the fourth. So he, he's, he's gone real hard and like it's, it's just going to be super hard to catch him if he brings in Damien Cook and Smith. <laughs> I think he's uh, he's almost got it wrapped up. Well, Desi, you're breaking my heart over you, mate. Yeah. I've never been in my life and you're just saying dropping bombs like that. <laughs> yeah, but, it, is, it is true though. 
Yeah, I will. I will ask you, Des. So, I mean, that's talking about a, a niche group of people at the moment. You know, probably the maybe the top one thousand who might still be in the hunt. What about for people behind that who they might be trying to chase uh, a respectable rank and get into that top one thousand, or probably more importantly, the head-to-head players. You know, blokes in and girls in leagues out there who are trying to win their head-to-heads. Are you still? Are you looking to consolidate with the gun back rowers and hookers in the forwards, or are you still looking at the ceilings? You know, you, you talk about mitigating risk. What are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you're still looking at the ceilings, even if you're head to head. In my opinion, just it just makes more sense. It's it's just that sort of year. You've you've got to adapt. Mm. And I suppose it's all another thing we keep touching on, but so matchup dependent, isn't it? So exactly, it's like yeah. on, a, on a week where these halves, are, like this weekend, where you know Munster's got Brisbane. Um, Pong has got the Bulldogs. You know, there's not really risk there, is it? We think they're going to go high and they could go massive. Um, you know, if the Bronco, uh, sorry, if the Storm are playing the Roosters or something like that, or the Raiders, then it might be a different story. So it, it is pretty match up dependent at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, lads, massive team news today. We were going to touch on the topic of who we think the best hookers are because that's come to light over the weekend. Appy Coruscant is out for the Panthers. Uh, I haven't seen too much word on the injury, but it is um, due to injury. You get the idea that with the game against the Titans, Panthers should win pretty easily, and it's very much precautionary. Um, I'll start with you, Walsh. Cam Smith, Damian Cook went huge last weekend. Des in his pod watch said that he, uh, his champion pod said that he wanted both of them into his team, and if he could do it, he'd be making that pod play. Mate, who do you see as the must-have hookers now? And you're an Appy owner. Does that just mean you have to go Appy to either Smith or Cook now? Uh, well, if you got the money, I think you you do. Um, some people would cost you about hundred grand. It would cost you hundred grand for both of them, type thing. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. I mean, that that that's that's the key is what position are you in with your team? Most people, uh, you know, like it's just been a horrid run with injuries. So most people would probably have have had plans um, prior to that and it would have been a bit of a luxury trade, but now they might use it as a bit of an excuse. Um, Appy Coruscant with a 76 BE, so he's not – he's probably peaked, I'd say. Like, you know, he, he can score around about there. He can go a little bit higher, but I'd certainly think Appy's not capable of punching out um, the higher scores that uh, Smith and Cook are able to, but – um, I'm still pretty keen on Harry Grant. I think he consistently punches out good scores. I think um, the only problem for the Tigers is they don't have a great run home, and that's something to keep in mind. Um, that won't affect Grant as much. It might affect his attacking scores, but it'll affect someone like Nofo a lot. So um, I think I've identified past round 14, I'd probably be looking to get rid of um, Nofaluma and and look at something more uh, schedule specific, but going back to the uh, to the dummy house, I think yeah, Cook and uh, Cameron Smith, you definitely got to have a real good look at getting. Well, I think Smith's the number one target, but uh, mm. you know, I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Okay, if you had to, so if you had to trade one in this week, which you very well may be doing, it'd be Cam Smith. It'd be Smith, yeah. All right, Desi, you said last week Cook and Smith. Uh, I think you said you'd be happy to go Grant to either of those. Um, who's your preference of the two, and would you still be going Grant to either of those two blokes? Yeah, definitely would be. I, I did end up going Grant to Cook, um, which was probably a good move in the end. It got me an extra 40, 50 points. But, yeah, yeah. if I went Smith, it would have been the exact same result. 
And, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting in Smith this week and just running the Cook-Smith combo to the end because they're just they'll, – they'll outscore their counterparts by a significant amount. As good as Grant is doing, I just don't think he's as good as Cook and Smith. I think they're the two that the winner will have at the end. Yeah, I mean, oh, I've been tossing up as well. Um, I'm looking at going Angus Crichton via McInnes to either of the two. In my head initially, I had – Cam Smith in front just because of the goal kicking. Um, I think Melbourne are a better team than South Sydney. There'll be more points on offer. The matchup this weekend is really nice. Then you look at the Bunnies and after this week, they play the Dragons, the Broncos and the Cowboys, which is a very nice run. Um, Cookie's got a five-round average of 96.5 and and I think you both nailed it. You're not going to go wrong either way, but far out. Like For two guys who can go score big hundreds, it's a pretty big decision, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's a tough one too. But with um, it, you know, it makes sense to get rid of Grant the way, especially as long as Maguire is carrying someone like Luke Brooks on the bench. Because if they get up in a game, then he's more than likely going to you know move Billy Walters into dummy half and and rest Grant because he's basically shown his hand that Grant's his best player. Um, so every time he's protecting. His investment, for want of a better word, but yeah, like they're, they're basically any time they get up by a big score, which I, I think with their hard matchup, they, it's probably not going to happen as often. But having that player on the bench, whereas you look at Melbourne and, um, and South Sydney, and they they often play Cook and Smith for eighty minutes. Yeah, it's um, it's a seriously interesting. Um, I like it. I like that we have the competition between the hookers now. It gives people an opportunity. You mentioned before that the lead is ahead by about almost two hundred points. It gives a differential there to chase down these guys. Um, Tommy Trebojevic will hopefully back be back in a couple of weeks, so we'll have options there at fullback as well. So it's very exciting stuff, <clears throat> uh, guys. If you are in a position to support the site, we do have a donations tab in the article on the site holding the podcast. We're definitely keen to keep the podcast and website going into the future. We're having a ball putting it all together, but there are a fair few costs associated with it and a fair bit of manpower, so any contribution would help. Hopefully you've enjoyed it all so far and we can sort of continue it on and make some improvements to the podcast going forward and the website. Guys, let's get into the teams for this week. A couple of changes, nothing sort of too, too major um, outside of, of course, the Brisbane Broncos from what we saw and uh, Appy Coruscant is a big one for Supercoach. Mitch Moses is also back for Parramatta. And we will start with that game on Thursday night, 7.50pm at Bankwest Stadium. It is the Eels and the Tigers at Parramatta. All information from NRL.com here. Reinforcements are back for the Eels with Blake Ferguson on the wing. Mitch Moses at halfback. Ryan Madison in the back row. That's massive after he missed out last weekend. George Jennings, Jayfield and David Gow drop out with Brad Takarangi reverting to the bench. Um, at the West Tigers, Luke Garner's out with Michael Cheekham starting in the back row in the Tigers' only change. Um, Desi, who do you like at the Eels there, mate? Um, I mean, we've got we've got Sevo who's hit the skids the last couple of weeks, and we've got Gutho who's sort of peaked in price. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I like I still like D Brown, and I also like Paulo. I think those two are really carrying the Eels right now. Um, obviously, with Madison back, he, he's he, they were just such a different team without him last week. You can just see it. He adds so much to their defensive line; it's just unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping D Brown just continues his solid base stats, can jag a few attacking stats as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Eels forward pack should overpower the Tigers in the end here. 
um, just a bit bigger and more experienced. But, yeah, it could come down to just six agains, field position. Like most games are this year, it's just coming down to the refs. But, yeah, it should be an interesting clash. Obviously, the Tigers have momentum after last week. But, yeah, with that Eels roster coming back, all those inclusions, um, it's, it's going to be attacking an attacking game, put it that way. So the likes of Nofo and Luciano for the Tigers definitely have points in, in them for the upset. But um, I think with Moses and Matto back, the, the Eels will hold them out. Yeah, he's an interesting one, Dylan Brown. He has been all season. How about his base stats last week for a halfback? 28 tackles and 14 runs. Um, that is some pretty serious stats for him. Des, let's say, assume Munster and Cleary, the number one and number two halves, do you have you own him, so I'd probably suggest yes. But do you think Dylan Brown's in the top four halves by end of year? Yeah, he is. He is. It's definitely SJ, Munster, um, Cleary, and Brown. A hundred percent. I'm almost certain. I mean, even with Moses back, like he's obviously not going to get as many end of sets, like less force dropouts. But with Moses there, he should get more time and space to sort of attack that left edge. And Sean Lane is no. He's no uh, easy man to tackle. He should get some tries out there. Yeah. Uh, Walson, mate, what are your thoughts on on this clash here? I know you've been – we've had sort of some differing thoughts on the Tigers this year. Mate, I'm not sold by them yet. Um, I don't think they've beaten anything decent. They've been – they've uh, put up a couple of good fights against some decent teams, but they finally had a very tough contest against Parramatta, who are going to be pretty well at full strength there now. Um, I can see the Eels putting a number on them and giving the Tigers a bit of a reality check. What do you reckon? Nah, I can't see them putting a number on them. But I agree with everything you said before that. I think they've put up some good fights and shown that they're not quite in that top echelon of teams yet. You know, they're still working themselves out. And that's clear by the way that you know Maguire's manipulated the roster. But I'd be very surprised if uh, Parramatta go out there and um, put a significant score on them, even if it is. You know, given that it is at Bank West, um, because I just think they've create they've um, developed a bit of grit. The Canberra game was a turning point for them. I felt like, and um, they've been really gritty ever since. Um, and they've got the attacking ability there. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a big. It's a big opportunity for the Tigers to knock off one of these big teams. They're obviously not an ideal timing with Parramatta coming off a, off a unexpected loss to Manly and getting all these players back, but uh, they probably showed that they are fallible. You know, like for Manly with that list to beat them, um, they're beatable uh, Parramatta. So um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a good game. It'll come down to penalties, six against. That's what it'll come down to. Both teams have the attack, but the refs can decide this one 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, very interested. Clint Gutho's at about 750K now. Um, look, I think sell, he's an absolute, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah, sell, absolutely sell. Him to Kalen Ponga is the best trade you'll make all year. It's a no-brainer. You can make a 257K profit. Um, Ponga's coming up against the Bulldogs. I mean, I'm a, I held on to Ponga and didn't go to Gutho. Had you have done that, you'd have secured a few extra points, nothing dramatic, but the profit you would have made uh, turned out into a good move. Um, you've just got to go Gutho to Ponga, I think, this week. Mitchie Moses back, takes over the goal kicking. Um, Para do have the Bulldogs next week as well, so maybe a pod hole, but not for me. Nah, you um, got to do it. Like, just... I mean, if you were, if you were, um, had the foresight, and I know a lot of people did, to get rid of Gutho, uh, you know, sorry, to get Gutho in 
at the point when um, Ponga was having troubles like with the dynamics there, you would have made so much money on Gutho. This is the time to cash out. This this is the sort of money, if you're up the top, can win you Supercoach. If you hang on to him too long past this week, I think you're going to have trouble. He doesn't have the goal kicking, so his, his scores are naturally going to come down because of that. Plus, he's, there's competition uh, for another playmaker on that right-hand side. So, And, you know, Pong has showed that he's back in form. Newcastle, um, along with Penrith, probably have the best run home. So just do it. Just sell him. Like, how ridiculous, like you said, Timmy, that you could make 550 – oh, sorry, 250 or – what is it? Two hundred sixty thousand dollars yeah. selling Gutho to Ponga. <laughs> he wouldn't. It's a joke. It's a joke. Anyway, um, and just your last thoughts on this game because there is so many Supercoach relevant players. Uh, Luciano Leilu, a lot of questions regarding him, and is he a buy this week? Uh, obviously, a very low break even following his one thirty five on the weekend. I think people are probably thinking Angus Crichton down to Leilu, which will free up money to get sort of a Munster or a Cleary in the halves. Um, Des, do you like Luciano as a buy this week? I don't mind it if you're selling Crichton or someone like that, but um, I don't think Luciano is a keeper per se. I think he's, he has those massive games in him, but you're also you're also going to get some forties out of him as well, which is like just a death wish at the end of the season when you need all your players scoring 70, 80 plus every week. So I probably yeah. wouldn't buy him. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Um, I wouldn't be buying either. If it is to create money to get Cleary or Munster, I don't mind it. But, again, he's not a straight play in 17s every week. The two tries and line breaks he got against, I think he went through Croft once, and the other one was when he went past Xavier Coach with that that dropout or the dropout where he hit and spun. Um, there were some very easy points for him. Um, but as a cash grab, you know, with his upside, it's not a bad move. Moving on to game two, Friday 6pm at QCB Stadium in Townsville, the Cowboys versus the Seagulls. At the Cowboys, they're unchanged after last week's improved showing against the Panthers. At Manly, Adam Fanua Blake returns from suspension at prop, pushing Taniella Paseca to the bench and Corey Waddell to the reserves. Uh, fellas, not too much super coach relevant going on here. The Hammer, I think, scored 76 on the weekend. A few extra price rises for him, which is handy. Um, I'll start with you, Des. You love a good antipod, um, a player going against the herd. Jason Taumalolo, is there a case to sell him? Oh, you'd be a brave man to do it. Oh, I mean, I really don't know what to expect from this game, but I, I own Tamalolo. I'm hoping he goes over for a meat pie because he's bloody Jew. Everyone knows <laughs> it. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's about to go on a run. I, I would not be selling Jason Tamalolo. Yeah. I just would and, not uh, do it. Any other interest in this clash from a Supergrade point of view, mate? It's pretty dry. Mm, to Pal DCE. I mean. Yeah, not, not much else coming out of it. It's, I think it's just going to be a, a scrap first through the forwards, which I think might suit players like Tumalolo. I think we'll see a good score from him this week. Yeah. Walson? Uh, yeah, no, I think um, Josh Maguire's probably one that surprised a lot of people, the amount of minutes that he's been playing. I've been really impressed by him, and he's been banging out some pretty good supercoach numbers too, so he's just sort of like a a quiet one there if you if you're looking for a pod. He's probably not got the upside that um, other front rowers have got. Um yeah, DCE, like I said, that's a real pod option. He's putting up some scores and he's really stepped up um since Turbo's out, but it's probably a short term play for when get rid of him when Turbo comes back. AFB um and um, Marty to power. I think you can expect Marty to power to return to the norm. Um AFB is always a good option. 
Um, he'll be looking to redeem himself, but yeah, it's um, I, I think that they made a real statement last week, Manly, because so I, I think there are a lot of people thinking after St George put a number on them, um, that could be the curtains for their season. But that was a a very spirited display against Parramatta, and I'd expect them to go up there and and do enough to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, that was the man that we'd all we'd all come to know after the past eighteen months and what Desi Haslam's instilled there. Um, they were very good last week and that Dragons game. I mean, everyone has their off weeks, and that was it for them. I think um, a bit more, a fair bit of Supercoach relevance in this one too. Friday, seven fifty-five PM at SunCorp Stadium, Broncos v Storm at Brisbane. Far out. Let me get my breath. <laughs> Switch up with Anthony Milford moving to fullback for the injured Tessie New. Tom Dearden starts at halfback. Brody Croft dons the number six jersey. Gatoni, Staggs and Herbie Farnworth return from injury at centre and wing respectively in place of Richie Kenner and Jermaine Asako. Corey Oates is out with a leg injury, although not as severe as first thought. Corey Pax starts at hooker for the suspended Isaac Luke. Joe Offen, Gowie and TPJ are the new starting second row pair with Tom Flegler at prop. Ben Teo drops to the bench. Tyson Gamble and Reese Kennedy are the new faces on the interchange. At Melbourne, no changes after the big win over the Titans. Um, if you are a TPJ owner, the move to the edge, I think it's good for him just because he'll play bigger minutes, although he has been known to get into a bit of trouble there. Um, Desi, fair bit going on here. What do you reckon from the Supercoach perspective? <laughs> yeah, I keep you, thinking. You to put 100 on him? I keep thinking surely it's time the Broncos put some wins together because they have that amazing forward park to do so, but they're definitely not going to be beating Melbourne. Um, you'd, assume, you'd assume to – um, a bloodbath here with Monster Smith, Poppenhausen all in on the action. Um, I'm almost tempted to captain Poppy again out of spite after last week, after I captained him for 34 against the Titans. But <laughs> I think I'm going to play fun. play it safe and go Cam Smith this week. Um, yeah, it's going to be a large score line, and I, I think with the goal kicking, he'll pretty much guarantee himself 100 plus, Mate, are you similar t- to last week. Yeah. Mate, are you tempted to go Pappy to Ponga this week, or is that Broncos matchup too enticing? The Broncos matchup's just too enticing. I mean, Pappy's just yeah, he's just one of those players. He scores thirty one week, and then he can score one thirty the next. And I, I enjoy watching him. I enjoy the uh, ups and downs of it. I, I, um, so, I think I'm going to hold him for the season, just just cause, wow. just out of spite. <laughs> Not, not thinking Pappy to Ponga next week, but as you admit, possibly out of spite more than logic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whilst, what do you reckon here, mate? They're, I mean, every single Storm players there is pretty enticing at the moment. Yeah, they are. I mean, uh, the, the outside backs don't seem to overly score big, you know, consistently. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Pappenhaus and Munster, um, yeah, I mean, it's like Cameron Smith. So, yeah, Smith's an interesting to, to see whether you captain him. I, I think it's pretty risky to captain Smith in games like this because sometimes he can just, if if they tend to score their points out wide, um, he, you know, like he, he doesn't get those attacking stats and he just kicks goals. So, you know, he, you can probably get ready for like a 55 or a seven, 55 to 70. But if mm. like a game like last week, when he gave a couple of try assists to um, a sofa Solomona and that, and they just exposed him up the middle, then you know he could go huge, hundred and twenty plus. So it's really hard to know. Um, yeah. TPJ's been pretty good, like you know. So he's 
from a super coach perspective, um, you know, he's he's been getting the offload out. It's all it's it, Melbourne's a notoriously hard side to get tackle breaks and offloads against, though. So maybe his run comes to an end this week. But if they're behind on the scoreboard, he might just go ballistic on the offloads. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair shout. Hey, there'll be people this week who can only go one of Munster or Cleary. Um, whilst we'll get your thoughts first, if you had to go one of them, who would it be? Oh, I'd be Cleary because he's got the goal kicking. And I mean, what he did in that game last week, it's it's just the way that Cleary's playing. Like he's stepped up, he's he's becoming I don't want to I don't want to put too big a rap on him, but he's sort of becoming morphing into a champion, I think. Like the like um some of the characteristics he's shown, like he put those tackles on, two big hits, forced errors, basically willed his team back into the game. It was sort of Andrew Johns like in a way. Like I'm not saying he's as good as Andrew Johns, but yeah. you, you you don't ever really see that sort of thing generally from five eights or halfbacks. So I um uh, Munster uh, is always capable of going big, and he'll he'll be loving the opportunity to to give it to the Bronx. But I expect the Bronx to be better, um, which which won't be hard because they were woeful against the Tigers. But I think Milford at full is a good move, and I think Katoni Stags um, is definitely a player that lifts lifts that side. So I think they'll be a lot better. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. I, I like the changes there. I think Milf is far better at fullback. Tommy did and hasn't – he's hardly put a foot wrong in his time in the NRL, only, albeit very limited, and then, yeah, Katoni. So I do expect him to get belted because it's a lot of changes to one team from week-to-week basis. But, yeah, um, Desi, just quickly, Munster or Cleary? Cleary, for sure. I mean, I said Cleary would be the top-scoring player in Supercoach preseason, but, I mean, I think he's going to be slightly pipped by Teddy. But, mate, yeah, I, I think he'll be second best. <laughs> Did you – Cleary went big the first two rounds. Did you start the year with him? I did, yeah. And then sold him when he got the TikTok suspension. Yeah, I sold Cleary and Monster. <laughs> Just one of those years, mate. Yeah, it is. Um, Warriors v Roosters, Saturday 3 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium at the Warriors. Adam Pompey comes in at centre for Patrick Herbert, who failed a HIA in round 10. Wade Egan, Ignatius Parsi are both sidelined with injuries. Carl Lawton starts at hooker. Jazz to Vunger at lock and Jack Hetherington moves to prop. Adam Blair's been benched with Elias Katoa in the back row. Chanel Harris-Tavita and Lachlan Burr return on the bench with Ignatius Party also making way. At the Roosters, Mitchell Horbison starts in the back row for Angus Crichton, who's expected out for three to six weeks. Nat Butcher returns from a rib injury on the bench. Isaac Liu starts at lock. COCY Takiaho at prop and Lindsay Collins moves to the bench. Uh, I will start by saying that there's a lot of wet weather predicted for Sydney over the weekend. So keep a close eye on the forecast because that could have a big implication on your captain and vice-captain decisions. Um, start with you, Desi. Not a lot going on at the Warriors, but the Roosters, fire. you've got to be targeting just about every one of those players at the moment. Yeah, I mean, this game really scares me given that I own two Warriors and only one Rooster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if the scoreline's as bad as uh, we're predicting, I think yeah, it's this game's got the potential to be very crippling for my week, um, especially with the form Teddy's in. I'm just hoping that RTS and Mamalo can sort of jag some attacking stats here and there if the Roosters give them any sort of field position. I mean, it's pen- penalties dependent yet again. Is the Warriors' only hope at stopping at stopping the bloodbath that's, that 
probably going to unfold. Mate, it's going to be very rough. Um, whilst get your quick thoughts, the only sort of real talking point Supercoach-wise there is, I mean, you talked about it for a while, but Tohu Harris has moved to the edge, had a big impact on his Supercoach output. He had a bad week for the first time in pretty well since the season resumed. Jazz Tavanga is an interesting prospect as a starting lock. Uh, what are your thoughts on the situation there and Tohu owners and Jazz going forward and then obviously your thoughts at the Roosters? I think Jazz Tavanga is a massive, massive uh, pod to look at. Um, I don't know whether you get him this week matching up against the Roosters because, again, they're a pretty tight defence and they tend to wrap up the ball and that type of thing. But he looks a bit thicker. Like um, I don't know whether he's... Uh, done the weights or he's carrying a bit of condition but he's still moving well and he's got such a point of difference game that he's going to get four or five offloads and get himself up to 70 if he's playing 65 minutes there's no doubt in my mind that he's a trade-in Jazz Tavanga but you can wait till next week because I think he's got a BE of about 95 um I actually like, as a Warriors fan, I actually don't mind the fact Wade Egan's out. He, he frustrates me. He seems to have poor option after poor option. Um, him and Blake Green's like, can someone tell them that Roger Tuovasa-Shek's the best player in their side by more and you need to pass him the ball? Um, that's all I want to say about the Warriors because it just, it's just so frustrating. They always seem to go away from him and they don't give him clean ball um, and he ends up getting this, Pretty ordinary ball at the end. But, yeah, I expect Teddy to go huge in this game, weather dependent, um, and all the outside backs for, uh, yeah, for the Roosters. Uh, massive plays. I'm not, a, I'm not huge on TKO, but I understand why people like him. And there's a number of people that are looking at Mitch Orbison. Um, yeah, I'll probably keep my powder dry on that one. But, again, I can, I can understand that he's a – it makes sense to bring him in as well if if it suits your team. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it, you say it at one point every single season when there's injuries. Mitch Auburn is 226K. We think he'll probably play 80 minutes on the edge. He's available at centre wing. Um, he's got to be a serious option. I mean, you can. Oh, he's a big chance for attacking stats there. Um, I'm looking real hard at bringing him in and playing him for two or three weeks in my centre wing um, provided he plays the 80 minutes, but I think he's a, a pretty decent shout. Yeah, I'm really, well, I didn't realise he was that cheap, 226000 That's crazy. So you can downgrade, you know, someone like, I probably wouldn't down, downgrade the hammer this week, but, I mean, I think I might have Braden Willie Army still sitting there. So go Willie Army to him, um, earn 10K and get all those 80-minute back row for the Roosters. <laughs> um, Tedesco could go 200-plus here quite easily. Again, the weather won't help if it is raining as predicted. But I think Luke Keary, Kyle Flanagan are massive options. I'm looking really hard at bringing either of them two in. But Flano with the goal kicking goal kicking is pretty enticing. Um, and then the other one there is Nat Butcher, who's pretty popular. But the one issue I have with the Roosters forward pack over the next three weeks, so the Roosters' upcoming run includes the Warriors, the Titans, and then the Dragons. So I'm going very heavy on Roosters, and that's why I'm tempted by um, Mitchie Orbison. But guys like Takiako and Butcher, who already is only sort of playing 45, 50 minutes, oh, they're just prime candidates to get early rest and share the the forward rotation with guys like Tupanua uh, and Lindsay Collins. So unless they get the attacking stats over the next three weeks, 
Um, I don't think they're going to get the base stats to warrant being keepers or sort of anything close to it. But, I mean, that's the chances you sort of take there. Um, moving on to 5.30 Saturday afternoon at Jubilee Stadium, Sharks versus Dragons. The Sharks have hit their straps again. I mean, they've been very good sort of, I think, four of the last five weeks, except for the wake-up call against Penrith. Toby Rudolph starts a lot for Scott Sorensen. CSC for Talakai, the former outside back for the Rabbitohs, he's been really impressive in the forwards for the Sharks, I've thought, coming off the bench. He starts in the back row for the suspended Britton Nakora, Jack Williams and debutant Teague Wiltner, the new names on the bench. At the Dragons, Tyrell Fuimaono starts for the suspended Tarek Sims in the back row with Jacob Host joining the interchange. Uh, it is of note that the Dragons have Merrin, Kerr, Host and Ford on the bench, which is a bit of a concern for the minutes of Cam McInnes. Um, Dez, who do you like in this clash? Yeah, I actually think this will be an interesting game. Um, pretty hard to pick. Obviously, it's a derby and both teams probably desperately needing the two points. But, yeah, like you said, SJ seems to be finding his combinations on that Sharks right edge. It was only a matter of time. So I think either way, um, even if the Dragons do pull off some uh, some sort of upset, I think SJ is going to score really well in Supercoach-wise um, alongside Ramian. And for the Dragons, Lomax, McInnes, pretty much the only two players of relevance. I expect just pretty much par game, similar to last week's scores in the 60s somewhere. But Ewan Aiken's actually someone who I've got my eye on in the centre wing. He's been sort of back to his best, you'd, you'd say, mm. compared to um, earlier in the season. He's tackle busting. He's, he's pumping out 70s and 80s. He's really flying under the under the radar, Ewan Aiken. Yeah, he's been a he's been a very good supercoach player. In the, he's been a keeper in the past in centre wing at times, and then he was mauled by Latrell Mitchell in an Origin audition a couple of years ago, and he just hasn't been the same since. But you're right, he's finding some form. Um, Des, are you worried? Are you worried? Do you own Cam McInnes? I do. Yeah. Yeah, you're a bit worried about him. Do you think he plays 80 minutes this week? Mm, probably, probably not. I don't think so. I think he'll play like 70 minutes, but I, I still think he'll score off 60s somewhere, somewhere in that vicinity, which makes him a hold for now. There's more pressing issues to deal with than trading out Cam McInnes, put it that way. Yeah, He's absolutely. definitely not a sell. Yeah, I wouldn't be rushing into buying him at the moment. Encouragingly, though, he did play 79 minutes on the weekend, so I think the 63 or so minutes he played the week prior when they had a blowout win against Manly, that had suggested it was just because of the blowout, but the Dragons aren't going to have too many of them. Um, whilst, what are your thoughts on this one, mate? Who do you like? Uh, yeah, I'm similar to Dad's. Super coach wise, I'm, you know, sort of interested in in you and Aiken. I mean, like he's he's scored over seventy, I think, the last three weeks, two eighties and a seventy. So, um, and his base is really good. Like he's a bloke that you can play in there, and you're not really too worried about him him scoring sort of like a 10 or a 15, you know he's going to score at very, very worst, like a 35 or a 40, which is not too bad for a, um, a centre wing. I've got no idea who will win this game, honestly. Like it's 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 a real toss-up. And even how it plays out, whether it'll be a grind or whether it'll be an open game because, um, yeah, they're very unpredictable, these two sides. So, um I'm not really sure. I'm hoping Toby Rudolph starts at lock. I thought he was really good. Um, but he, he didn't start at lock, obviously, on the weekend. But um, I thought his touches were really good. He made a few mistakes, albeit, but um, he made a couple of line breaks as well. So um, hopefully he gets more time and starts posting scores above 50 for those people that have got him. 
Yeah, he started off the bench on the weekend and then came on and played. I'm pretty sure he played 62 minutes straight. But I think he would have okay. just had yeah. Yeah. yeah, so interesting. I've st- I still own him, actually. I've been trying to flick him a couple of times and he sort of keeps delivering, so hanging on to him just. Um, Blake Braley's peaked with a – he's got a break even of about 75, so he's made 250K. If you still own him, turn him in, find a way to turn him into Smith or Cook or someone like that. Um, and then – uh, Wallace mentioned him a little bit earlier in the, the show, but Ben Hunt played 80 minutes at hooker again, <clears throat> 58 points. He had 46 tackles, which that base for a halfback with attacking upside is ridiculous. He's still 425K, so I think he's a serious um, option this week. I won't be doing it myself, but if you like Ben Hunt at hooker, I think he's a, a decent buy. Saturday, 7.35 p.m., Jerry Stadium, the mighty Canberra Raiders coming off a win against the Roosters. Take on the Rabbitohs at the Raiders. Jordan Rapana moves to centre, which will be interesting to see with uh, Fiji and Semi Valimi starting on the wing. Uh, that's due to Michael Oldfield's hamstring injury. Harley Smith Shields joins the bench at the Rabbitohs. James Robertson, Ethan Lowe are out long term. Campbell Graham returns from a facial, facial fracture back to the centres. And Bailey Sheeran comes into the run on side in the back row, so he's one to keep an eye on. Jack Johns, the son of Maddie Johns, joins the bench for his NRL debut, which is very exciting. Um, Des, what are your thoughts here, mate? Yeah, I think the Rabbits can win this one just off the back of Cook, Murray and Walker pretty much single-handedly if they get enough field position. Um, Raiders obviously capable of upsetting anyone on their, on their day, as seen last week, but it's really going to come down to guys like White and, and CNK and to those guys to produce some really good attacking plays without Hodgson there directing them around. Um, but, yeah, I think Cook might just take this game by the reins and really show South still to be contenders in the top eight. Probably not top four, but, yeah, even with all their injuries aside, I think they'll win this. Um, but like I said, with all these previous games, the refs can piggyback teams off field which is where most Supercoach points are coming from. So it's a coin toss for me because the Raiders' forward pack is still just as good as South. <laughs> yeah, the Raiders are absolutely depleted. I think, I mean, I'll be tipping them off the back of last week, but they're going to be absolutely gassed after that win last week. It took everything out of them. Um, and the Rabbitohs, you know, shouldn't be too bad going into it. That'll be a good game. Joshy Papali, I say it every week, but I think he's a serious buy in the front row. I'd have him in my team right now next to Payne Haas if Pat Carrigan wasn't charging out big numbers for me. Um, forgot to mention there as well, John Bateman is a big inclusion on the extended bench. So he's one to monitor for the run home. And when he does get back to a starting role, could be a serious pod, um, although only in the second row. Uh, Wiles, who do you like in this game? Yeah, it's a bit of super coach interest in this game. Um, Timmy and Des, I think uh, Havili and Denonymous Louis are two that, you know, you have to keep your eye on. They're cheaper options that um, might suit bringing in for certain teams. Um, I thought Joey Tappanay, he had to come on early, so it might have been flattered a bit, and he did have a try assist, but um, he's one that a lot of people had in their side and probably were looking to sell. I think he might hold. I think Stewart's looking to play him 60 minutes straight, so give Kai O'Donnell the first 20 minutes of lock and then bring Tapanay on and he's sort of stepping up a little bit in his play. I thought he was outstanding against the, the Roosters. Um, young Jackson Paulo looked pretty good, uh, the winger, and he looks like he's going to have an – like the their outside backs have just been hammered. So I'm interested to see who plays against Rapana because I would like to back that centre, you know, to score a try. And that he, he looked like a little bit 
um, like he struggled a little bit at times uh, when he had to go to centre um, at times during the Roosters. So if Campbell Graham matches up against him, I think Campbell Graham's not a bad option as well. And Bailey Sirenen, pretty pretty cheap back rower. If he gets, um, you know, 60 to 80 minutes at his current price, he's not a bad buy either. <clears throat> yeah, off the top of my head, just trying to work out, I'm pretty confident it will be, yeah, Campbell Graham on Geordie Rapana, which is also good news for sort of Cody Walker on that edge if they do do a bit of a number on them. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, the rabbit, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but the Bunnies come into a draw against the Dragons, Broncos and Cowboys after this, so... They're all serious options, I think, Bunnies players, and obviously yeah, Damien Cook's the main one there. Knights <clears throat> uh, Bulldogs, Sunday, 2 p.m. at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, Caelan Pong has finally hit back to a bit of form, and he's not favouring that right edge anymore, thank God for him. Ponger owners, Bradman Best owners, Knights left edge owners, um, they're unchanged from last week's win over South. <clears throat> at the Bulldogs, Jake Avrilo, whoop, <clears throat> battling. Jake Avrilo returns from quarantine at centre with Marcelo Montoya shifting to the wing and Christian Crichton out. Brandon Wakem replaces Suaso Sue on the bench. Um, pretty interesting bench makeup there for the Doggies. Not much going on supercoach-wise at the Dogs for Tyler Mariner. Scored a try on the weekend and he's starting to peak in price and can probably be upgraded over the next week or two. Fair bit going on at the Knights, Des. Um, anyone take your interest there, particularly with the nice matchup this week? Yeah, I mean, the Dogs are dead last on the ladder, but they aren't really playing like it in stages. Um, obviously, Pong up best, Man, Clemmer, they're your four main interests, Knights-wise. Um, if Newcastle get enough attacking ball, Ponger and Best, will they'll both turn up, I have no doubt about it. Um, so I can see sort of similar scores to last week for both of them. Um, it, I, I just don't think it's a week where Pong is going to go 160, put it that way. Yeah. Um, Des, what are your thoughts on David Clemmer? Because, you know, we know how good he's been in Supercoach in the past, but, you know, you know better than anyone how to win Supercoach and how to get the jumps on rivals. In the minutes he's playing, or even if he's playing big minutes, there's just no ceiling on him. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, but he's, he's got the offloads out. I mean, yeah, I, I'd say Paulo's probably a better option than Clemmer as of right now, just because he can score tries, whereas Clemmer, mm. I, don't, I don't think he's scored a try and. A couple, of, a couple of seasons now. Um, but you, you have to think it, it'll happen eventually, right? He'll get over eventually. <laughs> one, but, day. <laughs> yeah, one day. One but day. Yeah, he, he's, he's still safe and sound for 70 each week. But I think Paulo's probably a better option out of those two. Yeah. I like AFB more than in Papali and Paulo, to be honest, um, purely because of that ceiling. And I thought Kramer might play bigger minutes with Saifidi out, but... It hasn't happened. I think he played 54 on the weekend. Um, Walsh, anyone you like here? No, I, I agree. I think AFB and Papali are the two that I'd be looking at in that in that matchup. Um, the one that piques my interest is I know that there's a lot of teams that will be trying to get in a higher player, like maybe go from an Appy to Cameron Smith or um, from a lower fullback to Ponga or something like that. Um, Tau Tau Moga, I think he's 245,000 or thereabouts. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's significantly underpriced in a side where um, he's probably going to get a lot of clean ball. I think so. Um, he's not the worst. Yeah, um, 
Ponga at 517k is the cheapest you will ever see him for the rest of his career in Supercoach, barring obviously injuries. Um, I think you're, you're off your rock if you don't get him in this week. Titans Panthers Sunday 4:05 p.m. at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. At the Titans, Dale Copley returns from injury, bumping Philip Sammy to the wing and Tremaine Spry out of the side. Kevin Proctor is back from a bicep injury as a straight swap in the back row for cheapy Bo Firma. Walsh is laughing over there. I can hear how happy he is. He called a trap last week. He's completely out of the squad. Made a little bit of money, but not a lot. At least he's not an auto-emergency worry for our VC loopholes. Jamal Fogarty has been named despite going off last week. At the Panthers, Caleb Aitkins returns to fullback for Dylan Edwards. That's a big blow for anyone who brought in Edwards last week. Very unlucky. Brent Naden moves to centre for Dean Vare, who's also out injured. Malachi Wateni Zalesniak is called up on the wing. Api Coruscant is also injured, which we spoke about earlier, with Mitch Kenny in at hooker. Um, there's nothing to speak about at the Titans. Plenty to speak about at the Panthers. They've got a really nice draw coming up. Who do you like? Yeah, well, I, I like Nathan Cleary. You boys are talking about Teddy breaking the record. Um, I think this is Cleary's chance to break it. Um, he'll have no better opportunity. 199, I reckon he can crack 200. Um, we know he's capable of monster scores and we know the Titans love to just get flogged every now and then. Um, so yeah, I think Captain Cleary this week, if you have him, that's my advice. Over 100%. Teddy? Yeah, I'd, I'd captain him over Teddy, 100%. I mean, just on that, I haven't looked at the forecast for the Gold Coast, but Sydney's meant to be wet in Sid- uh, on Saturday for the Roosters game. Um, obviously, there's a fair bit of time between now and then, but if it's a dry game up on the Gold Coast, it might be a fair call. Um, I think uh, Ivan Cleary's going to send a rocket up the Panthers' backsides after last week. They were awful by their standards. They were really disappointing. Um, I think they're going to be fired up, and I think they can do a big number on them. Um, Des, what are your thoughts on Stephen Crichton? Uh, another big score last week, a big price rise. Is he still a buy at his price? Yeah, I think I think he is. He's gone really well, and it's it's really killing Mansour um, as well as a Mansour owner. It's quite frustrating to watch. I might have to just go Mansour straight to Crichton from what I've been seeing. But yeah, I, I could be dead wrong. Who knows? Mansour might really- go. He might go for a hat trick this week. <laughs> It's a really tough one because I don't own Mansour. I've been looking to get him in for a while until Ball Hog Crichton came in, but he still had 20 runs last week, Mansour, and had 10 tackle breaks. But I'd like to see how many of them runs were just from dummy half scoots or kick returns and that sort of thing because he doesn't get a lot of ball from Crichton. Um, Whilst, what are your thoughts on the Panthers' side and, in particular, um, Stephen Crichton? Yeah, I think you'd be be holding Mansour, but, yeah, Crichton. I I think Crichton... Oh, I don't know. It's, it's a really hard one, but, but I think it might be getting to the stage where if you don't get him in and he goes on an absolute tear with the run that they've got, um, the Panthers, it might be hard to win. Like, he might be that type of player. Yeah. He, it, it's The the centre wing is really volatile, as we all know. Like, so if you miss out on him and he, he bangs out a couple, like 80, 120, 80, something like that, then that might be you know, your chance. So I'd be looking at him very closely um, if I was a player in a position like yours, Timmy. But um, mm. I'm, I, I, don't, I, I might regret saying this, but I actually don't mind the, the Gold Coast in this game. I, I actually, yeah, I, I actually don't think, like I still think Cleary will score big, but I, I think, you know, I don't know what the line is. It might be, yeah, it's probably going to be 17 and a half or maybe close to 20 points, but 
um, the Panthers are a young side and I'm not sure that they're as polished as like a Roosters and I think they're just due for a down period. Um, they could be also, you know, you've got to take into account the fact that they're going through the middle of the season <coughs> playing straight. They could be going through a hard training phase as well. So I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, I don't mind the Titans, but I'll probably regret that. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, it would be a funny one to recap next week if they do get done a number, but <laughs> James Fisher-Harris is an interesting one. He, he's always getting people excited, but again, I'm not convinced. We know how big his output is, but he's just not getting the minutes this year. People who are keen on him this week, he played 67 minutes last week for 88 points. It was pretty well all in base. He had 47 tackles and 20 runs, but Dean Vare went off injured. Dylan Edwards went off injured, both pretty early in the game. Um, so that definitely contributed to his bigger minutes. When he's not getting those minutes, when there's not injuries in the game, he's only playing sort of 50, 55 minutes. Um, I'm just, again, I think there's better picks in the front row um, unless we see him playing 65 to 70 every week. So that's just my thoughts on him. Um, lads, let's get into the trades this week. Des, who are you eyeing off? I'll be biting the bullet and trading out up into Cam Smith and captaining him. And probably for the second trade, I'm most likely going to do something like uh, Tommy Flegler to a to a Nuff or maybe Orba, like you said, um, just for a little bit of cash generation. Probably, yeah, so uh, you, yeah. you'll have Smith as captain in the second game of the round, uh, third game of the round. Yeah. Who would your VC be if you did that? I'm actually going to VC Dylan Brown against the Tigers Thursday night. Um, yeah, I'm hoping the Eels bounce back, but yeah, it was just it was so positive to see that he scored 80 last week without a try assist. Um, mm. He makes enough tackles. He, he takes so many runs, and with Moses back, he's just I, I think he's going to go even better. To be honest, um, probably have a touch more time and space which for me just slightly outweighs what Moses will steal in sort of forced dropouts and end of set kicks in general for a team as dangerous as the Eels. So, yeah. Um, yep, nice, mate. Like it. Uh, Walsh, trades and captains? Uh, yeah, I'm a bit undecided. I, I, I'll probably follow Des and bring in, turn Appy into Smith or um, I might even uh, turn RTS into Ponga. And that'll, you know, and I'll have to facilitate that through downgrading someone. Um, so, yeah, I'll look into that. Probably, I'm probably going to – I've kept Latrell Mitchell, but I'm probably going to have to get rid of him just to get the money to do to do that or else um, get rid of uh, Eliezer Katoa. But I don't really want to get rid of Katoa because um, I, I just like holding him and, and watching him play, I think. Even in, even with that Rabbitohs run coming up, Latrell back, I think, next week, um, you still go want to hold Katara over him? Um, yeah, I'll have to have... I don't, I don't mind Latrell as a bit of a pod from next week onwards. Yeah, he, he, he is actually. He, like in, I always felt like he would finish the season really well um, and he'll come back a little bit like AFB. Um, he'll he'll feel indebted to the team, so you'd expect him to come back for fit and firing. So yeah, it's probably a fair call. I might get, I might just cut my ties with the young fella, but uh, I always like having Katara. Actually, having Katara and RTS is a bit of sort of a um, oh, it's painful sometimes <laughs> watching the Warriors, but it gives me a bit of interest watching the Warriors as well. So yeah, if I uh, 
if I get hanging around these rankings for another month or five weeks sort of thing, I'm going to get very coy on my trades, a little bit nervous saying them out loud, but I'm also a realist and know that I could drop outside the top 1,000 in the space of two weeks. So <laughs> I'm yeah. getting ahead of myself. Um, I'm looking at doing this week. I need to solidify a bit of my center wing now, which is always such, a, as you said, such a volatile position. I was so stoked bringing Ryan Hall a couple of weeks ago, and that has proven to do absolutely nothing for me. Um, so I need to, I need a strong force center winger. Um, so I might look at going probably Tessie New or the Army down to Orbison. Um, but that's again a big if as well. Um, and then my other trade for the week, probably I can swap Cam McGuinness into the second in row and go Angus Crichton to Cook or Smith. Um, I honestly don't know which way I'll swing there, but with South Sydney's draw from next week, um, I'll probably head with them. What's um? How much money you got in the bank, Tim? Uh thirty-four k. Yeah, so not a heap. So yeah. I, I can't do too big upgrades. If I had a bit more in there, I really wanted to go Luai to uh, Flano or Kiri this week, but I might look to do potentially Luai to Flano next week. Um, Surely Luai's a play this week. You'd expect him to go pretty well this week. Surely. Yeah, you must good. In these good sides that some of us have, he's the 25th, 25th best player in my squad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I played Luai last week for 61 points and he, you know, he was solid. But if I do that, I'm benching Sean Johnson or Ken McInnes. So, so tell, tell everyone, like I'm sure the listeners are really interested too, Timmy, like being in 50th place or 51st place or whatever so um like run through your team for everyone so we can have like do a bit of um analysis on it mate Matt, just quietly i'm loving being asked questions and not having to dish them out and think too much but <laughs> yeah so i've got um i've got teddy at fullback my cd dub is yo kurtman ramian and ryan hall uh munster and cleary and luai and johnson in the halves Madison, Crichton, Taumalolo in the back row. I've got Cam Murray and Luciano on the bench. Payne Hassan, Carrigan at front row. Harry Grant at hooker. Cam McGuinness is my backup hooker. Um, and, yeah, that's sort of the – I've got Caelan Ponger at fullback with Teddy. Wow, that's a strong side. That is a very strong side. You, like, you'd be leaving out some good players. Um, so, yeah, I, I think definitely, you know, strengthen your, your hooker position. Um, and obviously, yeah, you need to try and get someone as that four centre wing, I guess. Yeah, you and Aiken get him in. So, well, that's it. Who's the man? Because it's another. I've been looking at Nofaluma for ages, and then Walsh, who started the season with him, mate. You of all people said to me he isn't the option. Uh, I said like he is. If you're if you're prepared to bring him in now and ride with him for four weeks, I think four weeks. He's got four weeks left shelf life for me, and then I'd be looking to trade him to someone else for the run home. But I could be totally wrong. Like, I don't think he's going to fall in a hole. It's just not the way he plays. He's always going to put up good scores, and he's going to finish in the top three players, centre wing, no doubt. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're hovering around that top 100 area and you're looking to make up ground, um, I, I, I don't think it excites me to play Nofo against the Roosters or... Um, Canberra or um, Parramatta and so, sides like that. I think I, th- I, I don't know if he's going to score those big. He's a bit of a flat track bully, 
um, if that makes yeah. sense. So um, sure. I think I think I'd be looking at someone um, in the in the Knights, the Newcastle side, and the Sharks have got. Uh, sorry, not the Sharks, the um, Pan- Panthers that have got great runs home, and just trying to get them to go on a tear for me. Well, does yeah. that mean you've gone off um, Adam Dewey? Yeah, I'm off him, Des. Yeah, I gave him one last chance, but when he tossed up a thirty against the Bronx and they and they won forty eight nil, yeah, made me sick actually. Yeah, actually, like no, no longer a top five centre wing. Nah, I think I think I'll put that I'll put that to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've got um I've got the centre wing. I'm very happy with my seventeen and my reserves are still making a bit of money, but. Like I've got Yo and K Man, who K Man's probably a hold for the season the way he's going. Can't stop scoring. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got Jesse Ramian, who I think I'll be holding for the next month for the run. But I don't see him. He's a sell after that. Yeah. Um, and then another semi. So I, I just got to work it. Yeah. I suppose who the the last couple of centre wings to play there, are. and that's where people are going to make their big jumps come end of season because that's where teams are going to be very different. Yeah, I actually think like have a good look at St George Dragons. Um, run home. I haven't had a look at it, but uh, Lomax and Ewan Aiken are both double propositions for me. Yeah. I'm still – I didn't never board him, but I'm still bitter over Daniel Tupu getting injured. He was my big pod for this run. But, again, in saying that, he's probably everyone's big pod, so it's not a big call. Let's <laughs> um, uh, get into a couple of questions, then we'll wrap it up. Um, a really good question, actually, from Jacob Grams on, on uh, Twitter, I think it might have been. He asks, how much should slash would or will you consider the weather in your captaincy choice with the likelihood of rain in six matches this weekend? Big options, Teddy, Munster, Ponga, Cleary, all facing wet games. Um, go with them in wet games if it does occur or is it better to chase base? And I suppose that's a general question. How much do you look into weather um, with your captaincy choices? Um, whilst you annihilated your captains last year, I'll start with you. Oh, yeah, I look. It's it's a massive factor, you know. Like if it's pissing down rain, like you, you're not likely to put a vice captain or a captain on a fullback. The only exception is probably Teddy, um, because I don't know. He's just a strange player. He seems almost bulletproof. But um, yeah, like that'd put me off, say a Ponga, maybe even a Cleary, if it was really really wet. But yeah, have a have a good look this weekend at the at the two games in Queensland um, and see if they suit you, if, especially if it's if it's wet um, everywhere uh, down south. But um, just, yeah, keep a, keep a close eye on the weather. That's why Cleary could be the smart play up at the Gold Coast, dry track, beautiful, best, probably the best ground um, surface-wise in the NRL, I reckon, Seabus. Yeah, that's it. And it approved the pod play last week, going Cleary over Teddy. And yet there were some pretty decent points picked up from that. So, you know, maybe again this week if the weather is as expected. Um, Des, do you look into that a fair bit as well? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Wilson on this one. I'm not the person to ask about captains this year. Not mm-hmm. after not after this week's dilemma. But, um, yeah, it, I'd, if, if in doubt, I'd go Smith or Cook if you have them. If you have reservations about weather, the hook is pretty safe and sound, no matter weather. Um, another another really good one from Chris Woolmer. <clears throat> he asks, I'm keen to understand whether you have any inside strategies to late mail and predicted team lineups. 
over the weekend. I sold Will Kennedy at the expense of other options, but would have held if I knew he was playing. Um, Desi, how, how, how do you get your late mail? I know you're in a few Facebook chats and whatnot, but for the general person, where, where do you find it or how do you go about it? Yeah, I, I normally look at Wacko's whispers and just go off that. I mean, there's not much you can do. There, there's always laid outs. Yeah, it's, it, it's a tricky question, that one. I'm not really sure how to answer that. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it just get as much info as you can right up until the last minute. Yeah. The best one for me is um, I just use Twitter, uh, to be honest, and you might not have a Twitter account, but I recommend jumping on Twitter and just following a couple of accounts. Feel free to hit us up on our socials or like on Facebook if you want um, some help on who to follow. But um, guys like Adam Styles on there is really good. Wacko's Whispers is really good. Every single game of the round, they are tweeting the second the team's drop an hour before it. Um, so I just follow them and they're on the money every time and even leading into that hour before the game, they're pretty close to the mark. So I think that's probably the way to go. Um, Zane Weston is a mighty Coombe stallion and he asks, Tapani to Taumalolo or Coruscant to Smith or Cook? What do you reckon, Walsh? Um, I think the second one, the hooker position. Yeah, yeah, especially now with Appy out for sure. Um, particularly with Taumalolo regressing a little bit in recent weeks, um, I can I see just, why. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get the point of difference that you want score wise with Taumalolo. I don't think like so. Um, it's huge ownership. Yeah, it's got huge. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, I was trying to say. I guess in, in a, and whereas uh, Cook and Smith are reasonably potish, you know, for them. So yeah. Um, Desi, David Fulcher asks, the Ponga versus Cameron Smith debate this week, who is the better option if you can only go one? Oof, that's a very tough question. Mm. Um, it depends on the makeup of your team again, but I'm going to say CS9. I reckon he's the go. As much as I love Ponga, he's, he's still just got those inconsistencies about him. Mm. But Whilst- Cameron Smith, fix your proof. Yeah, well, that, that's that's my dilemma. I'm going to get one of those in, so I'm in exactly the same position. Uh, the thing about Cameron Smith that makes him so attractive is uh, Appy's not a play, you know. So he, he he's if you keep Appy in your side, which is most likely who he's trading him in for, then you're going to get zero for him. So it goes on the next best player on your bench. So um, probably makes him more of a play option than. Than uh, than Ponger is depending on who your second fullback is. Yeah, it is tough, and as Desi said, it's it's a lot to do with the makeup of your side. Look at the five hundred seventeen k price tag game against the Dogs. I know Smith has the good matchup too, but far out. I think Ponger is just so cheap there. Um, but look, it is a tough one. I, I assume there's a fair chance that they're running with um, Grant and Grant at hooker already. You'd think. Um, mm. So you're not exactly going to be going weak there if you don't go Smith, but look, you, you're probably, yeah. It's, it's Ponga for me, but, I mean, good luck. They could both score 150 this week. Toss a coin. Uh, yeah, exactly right. Um, Jacob Blocker-Williams, um, for you, Desi, looking at upgrading Kerr, already have Clemmer and Huss in the front row. Would you go Papali, JFH, or Josh Maguire after playing 80 minutes? Um... I'd go Papali just purely off the ceiling. I don't think JFH, like we've talked about him a fair bit through this podcast, Maguire as well, I just don't see him having the ceiling of Papali. I think Papali's the go. Yeah. Um, 
whilst Judd Cobb, choice of Maddo, Beemoz, or Munster this week to bring in, who's the best pick in your opinion? Oh, I did see this question. Um, and at the start, I thought Beemoz, to be honest, because like, mm-hmm. he's just killing it. If you've got the money to bring him in, but that's probably the biggest luxury to bring in someone who's, what, 750000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, against the Warriors, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna get two or three tries. So I'd I'd probably say him. Yeah. Um, Desi Daniel O'Connell, what to do with Moses this week? He's been holding and fixing other issues, but now he's back in. He plans to trade to Cleary. He can't see himself playing Moses, so he's keen to hear your thoughts. I have the option of trading Drinky to Cleary still. So basically, what he's saying is he can go Drinky to Cleary, or he can go. Moses to Cleary, I assume. You know, if he goes Jinky to Cleary, he can have Cleary and Moses. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, I'd definitely go the latter then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moses, Moses still, like, he could be in the top four halves. Hmm. Um, he's right up there with Brown. I, I wouldn't trade – if you've held him this long, I definitely wouldn't be trading him out to Cleary. I'd definitely do Jinky to Cleary instead. Yeah. It's a no Moses – I assume most would be a little bit of a, a pod now. I think heaps and heaps would have sold over the last couple of weeks. So we know he's got the upside. They play the Bulldogs next week. So Mitchie Moses, um, if, you, yeah, if you've got him there, hold on to him. And, yeah, not a bad player either. Um, whilst thinking I want Ponga this week via the Dogs, only way I can do it is to punt the hammer early, who still has cash to make, enough JTB. Pull the trigger or leak the cash out of hammer? Pull the trigger, brother. Pull the trigger. <laughs> We've said it all year. Oh, you boys have said it all year. And it's one thing you've taught me. Just pull the trigger and don't worry about that cash. Just get the guns in. Get Ponger into your side. Um, we'll finish up with one here for you, Desi. Thoughts on from the Cashos. Thoughts on Crichton to Regan Campbell-Gillard. Bit of chat about him via Carrigan. And Hall to Ponger via Latrell Mitchell. Mm. No, I'm going to say no. I wouldn't do RCG. it. Has anyone had a look at RCG? Oh, I've been very impressed with him. I actually went to get him in one of my draft leagues, which I've been really enjoying playing draft this year And because hey, he, he was banging out some huge minutes and huge scores. Ooh. Probably not huge, but, you know, comparatively, like they were right up there with some of the front rowers. But, um Someone grabbed him just before me, and I was filthy. But uh, I've never really considered him for classic. But yeah, I couldn't fault it. I really couldn't fault it. How about his last four weeks? I'd be honest; I haven't even had a look into him at all. He played eighty minutes last week against me, and the eighty-two points week before that, seventy-seven in sixty-three, sixty-four in fifty-seven before that, and then the week before that, ninety-one in seventy-four. Check out his base stats in the last month: eighty-four, seventy-five, sixty-two, and eighty-three. Um, that's some serious numbers. But there's been some injuries that are sort of affecting his minutes. Yeah. Nathan Brown last week, he definitely yeah. wouldn't have played 80 without him. And I just I don't see ICG, like he doesn't produce attacking starts. Yeah. He, he's, he's not going to score tries. He's, he's a bit like Clemmer. Yeah, Clemmer's exactly what I was thinking. If he's getting the minutes, he's, like his output is ridiculous. So, you know. One to consider, but, yeah, probably just doesn't quite have the ceiling there, even though he would be a massive pod. Um, that's all right, lads. That's enough for, for one night, I think. Cheers, Wiles. Hey, thanks, Timmy. Thanks, Des. Cheers, Desi boy. Cheers, boys. Always good to be on.
<laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys.